Welcome to the Bread and Butter Podcast, the EDH podcast where we bring you the bread and butter of all things Commander. Uh, my name is Spencer Williams. I will be kind of the brain host of this podcast, joined by my two co-hosts. Hey, I'm Tyler. I'm less of a brain. I don't. I don't really know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why. I, said I, I didn't know we had that label. No, I was, it, was, it was off the brain. That's why. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, mine's off my bells. <laughs> oh, and then I'm um, Chandler. Uh, I'm the less nerdy. I'm the newbie. So I'll be asking all the questions. Yeah, so we're uh, trying this out. If you are any kind of interested, if you tuned in just to hear us, uh, we thank you. And um, any any bit of feedback, I know just getting started is always hard uh, when it comes to podcasting and things, so... Uh, any bit of feedback we get is awesome. Uh, let us know you want to hear more of what we have to say. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to experiment a little bit and see if this podcast thing would work. We all kind of have been playing uh, together a little bit. Uh, we'll go into about how we got started. Um, but yeah, we, we talk about magic a lot. I play magic uh, online a lot, um, at least once a week. Um, and I've been doing that for probably close to four years, a little bit before we started playing together. Um, so yeah, we, we figured why not just make this into a thing that we, you know, can share with other people and just get our thoughts into the cloud, so to speak. Uh, so we've been close friends for eight, at least eight years, probably close to nine. Yeah. Um, I'm newer in the block, but but, <laughs> but yeah, it's been like six, six or seven. At years, least right? uh, I've been six? here for five. Okay, so five yeah, or six, five. yeah. Five six years. Yeah. It's still a long time. Yeah, um, yeah. So me and Tyler, um, well, okay. First, so me and Chandler, we met in church. Um, we both do sound. Um, I play drums. Tyler plays drums as well. Um, so that's kind of our connecting factor there. Um, but I've been playing magic. Um, I guess I'm kind of the dinosaur of our group a little bit. Um, I've been playing magic for at least a decade now, since 2011. Uh, I came in in World Wake and um, worked at a comic book store and kind of like the, you know, basic nerd boy coming out of high school uh just picked up the game so i loved it um been playing, playing commander since i started and um tyler uh after we had started working together brought up that he had a little bit of interest in magic and it got me kind of excited yeah so i started getting into board games uh i was really into like league and a bunch of computer games for a long time uh, so that was my main con- contribution to nerd culture for a while. But <laughs> uh, I started getting into board games because of just the community aspect of it and just being face-to-face with friends. And uh, through that, uh, some things started coming to my YouTube channel. Uh, it's actually, everyone knows this, but Game Nights, uh, the Command Zone. Yeah, uh, I started watching those and... It was just a really easy way to consume magic and understand it without even having any idea 
so that kind of piqued my interest. Uh, so then I decided at one point that I just wanted to bring it up to Spencer and that got the ball rolling. Uh, yeah. So you came over probably like the week after you had mentioned it and I was like, Oh yeah, dude, I got some really old commander decks that I still had put together. Um, I had sold, you know, cards and got rid of some of my collection regrettably, but still had two decks together. And I was like, dude, just come over. We'll give it a shot. See if you like it. Um, I think you played my Mizzix deck mm-hmm. and I played my uh, Lazav deck. Which, very degenerate. Yeah, was very. <laughs> <laughs> they were kind of rough decks because they were older when. Uh, it was good. Commander was a lot more crazy. my first game. Yeah. The greatest parent player alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you. I just remember you loved it. It was like super fun and even just one on one, which I, you know, it, you rarely do play one-on-one in Commander unless it's kind of your your stick. Um, well, I feel like that's what drew me to Commander in the first place was, is like, I'd, I'm i already too hyper-competitive and a, <laughs> a lot of it, uh, a lot of it can get a little little intense and I, and I don't like, I don't like the competitive aspect of my life. I think it derives from League and just the toxic <laughs> nature of that game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. What I liked about Commander is it kind of emulates something like a board game where you're playing four player and there's like, there's just more aspects than just like you, me, 1v1, smash. Yeah. Who's going to win? Yeah. One win, one lose. Yeah. Commander is definitely like very um, cooperative almost. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Um, kind of reminds me of like a Euro game where it's like you just kind of build your own engine. Because, like, when I watched Command Zone, like, the one thing that always drew me was, like, I would see some, like, weird chain. And it didn't have to be, like, an infinite combo. It just it was just something where this triggered this, that triggered this. And that, right. that thing always was like, ooh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. So after we played, you were like, oh, man, yeah, I've got to find what I can to get into this. And I was throwing some resources out at you you found a couple youtube channels a couple other ones other than the command zone that you were interested in um and we also had a buddy paul uh who i had been playing with um since college so not not long after i started playing Mm -hmm. me and paul actually had a little commander group at college and that was kind of fun there um so yeah paul got included and then we kind of spread it to the rest of our buddies and that's where chandler came in Y'all infected me with the bug, which is bad because I get into hobbies and then when I get into hobbies, you get I really spend into lots hobbies. of money. You get really into hobbies. Yeah. You're a hobby guy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we were like hanging out after church one night and y'all were talking about it. I was like, yeah, it seems like something I could get into. And I think the next week y'all brought up decks and I think were you teaching would, me how to play or Paul, like... I think at that point, Paul probably brought up the pre-cons. Yeah, um, he probably had some pre-cons. I or, think there was like some starter decks, like those things that you would get at like a magic shop. Yeah, he, there did, was he, like had, that. he had some of those. That's what it was. Uh-huh. It was like two 60-card decks, like oh, the pre-cons. Yeah, the and then little, he, yeah, he walked me through the like basics. And I think, Spencer, you walked me through the basics. With, yep. He even had like a card in there for like, here's how the turns work. And so <laughs> that's how I really was like, okay, I can get behind this. Like I can get this like structure. And then... I think slowly every week we would do more and more, and then I think Tyler had built a like a budget deck, yeah. And I started I played that one, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is 
this is fun to me because for me it's more of like a like a puzzle or like a yeah like a strategy thing. Yep. Yeah, and I'm not always great at strategy games, but uh, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. That's that's a great part. Yeah, and then, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of like the like like risk where you're like trying to manage everybody, but also win. Yeah, that kind of strategy I like. So. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And I think early on, like I remember, me and Spence just talking at work, and I was like, "I want to do this, but I want to do it at a budget." Yeah. Because I mean, at the time we were we were in college, mm-hmm. Chan was doing. I was working part time. He was working part time, yeah, so and it just a lot. man, magic is a very expensive it's hobby. A very expensive hobby. Yeah, and it's kind of a luxury one. Yeah. I think that's why it kind of it was like a love-hate relationship because it's like this game is really cool it's really uh it's the best card game that i i know of i mean i don't i don't know many Yu-Gi-Oh f- fans but <laughs> yeah at least from what i can tell from an objective standpoint i think magic has the most fine-tuned system and it hasn't really had to change its formula to succeed yeah and i think looking back to i think we got started in a pretty healthy way um because we mm-hmm. we really did kind of like we were pretty hard on the budget so that people weren't feeling like they had yeah. to arms race and like mm-hmm. break their back to get all the you know <laughs> i mean even yeah. even in a hundred card deck if you have you know ten dollar cards and you have 60 of them mm-hmm. that's 600 bucks like yeah and I think we started at what fifty bucks. Yeah, we set we the budget to start at fifty dollars. I think we tried twenty five, yeah. and we were like, "This <laughs> yeah, is impossible." <laughs> yeah. Well, because just the sheer number of cards, mm-hmm. like I said, if they're if you're buying quarter cards and you're buying sixty of them, you know, yeah. you're, you're easily spending thirty dollars. I even remember you know, that. Shout out to the command quarters, but like they had twenty five dollar decks. Yeah. But like once you priced it out. Yeah, it was still like forty something because you yeah. would have shipping and you would have like these cards that randomly spiked and yeah. even then, so it's like, all right, if we're on tapped out, if it marks out to about fifty bucks, not including commander, that's what we'll go with. Yeah, um, and that seemed to work okay for. I mean, it probably wasn't more than like a couple of months we played like that. Yeah, probably like three to six months. And then we were like, no, nah, we might have to bump it up a little bit. Because yeah. we got to where, for me, I got to be where I was learning more about it, watching Commander's Quarters, watching uh, game nights and stuff, really helped me learn the game. Mm-hmm. And so I was seeing these cards on on those shows uh, on YouTube and being like, oh yeah, that's going to go perfect in this Precon that I have, so <laughs> you, you hit the magic I'll, crack and you yeah, keep that like, cycle oh, man, going. <laughs> that card's only a dollar, or this card's on, yeah. So it, it's like okay, now I'm, I'm pushing the edge of the budget. Right, we might have to, <laughs> to rethink this. Yeah, and then you start justifying. You're like, oh, this is a precon. It's worth fifty, but I only paid twenty five for it, so right. I'm gonna yeah. slip in twenty five dollars on the card. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> what happened? You're like, it's oh a, no, the land yeah. base is real cheap. But don't worry $50 about fifty dollars with like a hundred dollar value. Yeah. Um. So yeah, after that, um. We started moving the budget up and, you know, kind of got the game to where we wanted it to be mm-hmm. slowly, but surely got like, we were pushing a hundred bucks, 150 I think it was like 125 was the, yeah, that was like the final. It's like a hundred didn't feel right, but 125 was just right. <laughs> it was just the right amount of push. Yeah. 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 Um, but that didn't work either. 
Yeah, we yeah. we we tried as best we could to kind of keep the meta balance that mm-hmm. we wanted. Um, we stayed around a hundred dollars, hundred twenty five dollars for a good while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it helped us stay creative in right. the budget, right? Of like trying to find these combos or trying to find ways to get cars to interact that weren't crazy. Not like there's the buy, like the pay to win stuff. Yeah, exactly. Because there is. There is, of course, a conversation that every Magic player has had about what's the best card. And yeah. easily, I mean, you can just go to TCG player and look at card prices, and that will usually tell you what the best card is. So mm-hmm. you're right. We, try, we, we did actually a really good job looking back of like self-policing and keeping our meta healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of just, it was like a, you know, communal checks and balances almost of yeah. like, hey, we like seeing this, we don't like seeing this, you know, it's it's just mm-hmm. like any kind of meta or like pod that you normally play with. Yeah. Um I so kinda yeah. had the epiphany of like around 120 bucks, you can usually do whatever you want with right. like a few like you can't put a doubling season in and fit it in the budget. Right. Per, like especially now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But uh it was mainly the land bases where if you could just tune that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a lot of like check lands and stuff that kind of went down to a budget level. Yeah. To where you're like, all right, I can fit these lands in where it's not just uh, like I, I can't fit a breeding pool and like every single shock land, but I can I can find a way to make my land base be less efficient, but my strategy feel strong enough to compete. Yeah, and it's nice because I mean, it's just a sheer. Uh, volume of cards that you have to choose from, you can kind of tailor it however you want. Um, so yeah, we we all really like that kind of like balance and and self policing uh, aspect. I think of Commander, and we all kind of you know respect that well enough. So um, mm-hmm. I do enjoy that. Yeah. Um, then then Dustin and Brandon, <laughs> and, then, and then it went out the window. I'm yeah. Just kidding, but. No, so I mean, I will say we do have a good range of decks um, for mm-hmm. sure. I know I have um, kind of settled into what is, is the mid, but I mean, it's it's hard to say what's mid anymore because if you ask anyone what their deck is, they'll just say it's a seven, of course. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, I tend to settle into uh, the mid range of like a seven power deck. I'm not running any like fast mana cards. My decks are usually less than like, 250 or 300 dollars which mm-hmm. looking at the cards I actually have are nothing crazy they're just cards that have probably been around for a while haven't got enough free prints things like that mm-hmm. um, so yeah mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of feel like we um, as we kind of branched off individually um, our meta has sifted kind of I guess stagnated a little bit um, we yeah. haven't been playing so much lately, but um, going on to um, the next point here, what what aspects uh, outside of the actual gameplay of Commander do you guys find most interesting? What do you mean by like outside the gameplay? So like deck building, um, okay, you know politics, that kind of thing. Oh uh, man! I mean, you can look at my tapped out. I <laughs> I've brewed so many decks. Yeah, I. That's actually. I mean, whenever we get to our deck segment, I I'm not gonna list all my decks because I have so many. Uh, <laughs> this, my problem is I 
I like to, I get inspired by watching some deck on an empty mudge. MTG Mudsta video, and then mm. I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta brew that, and then I gotta <laughs> brew this one, I gotta brew this one, and then you kind of, you get to a point where you're just like, eh, that's cool, but does it really inspire me? There's like, I think there's one deck out of my entire uh, collection that like I was like, wow, I really am proud of this deck that I brewed, and I would, I probably would never trade it in because it's so much fun to play, and it was so unique it was the first deck that i ever heard wow that's a unique strategy for that commander and i was like which one was it it's the marchesa oh yeah modular yeah. deck the grixis marchesa yeah because i, I chan had that commander and i was like man that's a really cool commander mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't really want to build it like him so if they were fighting each other it would be the same strategy right. yeah so i was kind of looking into it and then modular really just kind of i was like that's a really cool thing these things are really Eh, they're like some of them are just kind of one ones with modular one or two and you're like that's stupid as a chump blocker that comes back and gives but like it it has <clears throat> I'm more of a combo player but not like infinite combo or like seeing things like react to each other I like building machines and you're a tinkerer I would call it a tinkerer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's what that's what inspired me I think it was like one of the first episodes of uh of Command Zone uh, game nights where uh, Jimmy goes off with uh, like grinding station. Oh yeah, and that was just like, whoa, that's <laughs> that's a cool interaction. Like the stupid artifact that you wouldn't expect to do anything, just randomly got there. Or right. like your Sadisi deck that I eventually built as well because I just like I loved. This like, all right, let's see if it can happen. And you just kind of chain off yeah, and do these things where it's like, all right, let me see if I can just win. Well, or, and once, you, and once yeah. you get that dopamine hit of somebody being like, oh, I've never seen that happen. You're mm-hmm. like, I got to do go. this again. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. how can I make this extra or like stretch this out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler, you definitely seem more like a, like you like the figuring out the combos and how to like the deck building aspect of it, I think mm-hmm. definitely intrigues you more. For me, I like deck building, but for me, it was more of like the community stuff. Yeah. Right. Of like, hey, we got all their buddies, it's a chance to hang out. Um, and then we ended up pulling in more people that I honestly never would have expected to play Magic. Yeah. But like, yeah, that was really cool. That was cool. It. Several guys who kind of, uh, I don't know, I mean, they didn't really seem to have any other plugins. They're just kind of like their close friends Mm -hmm. that quickly got interested. Um, Yeah. That was great. Yeah. I really like that. And then you just get to see the kind of expression factor. That's that's an aspect I really enjoy about it Mm -hmm. is not not only through the gameplay, but the deck building um, is it's super expressive, super creative. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, that's like a huge hook. I am a sucker for art. I'm a sucker for any kind of like creative, expressive, you know, mediums and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I'll say that's one thing I really enjoy because magic just has so many ways to be like, hey, I care about this kind of thing. I can mm-hmm. show it to you in a game. Like, I think that's just awesome. I, I yeah. really latch onto that when I build my decks and mm-hmm. think about how I want it to play and stuff. Um, so yeah, going on to um, our next point, what do you guys 
uh, we, we touched on a little bit already, but in game, what's kind of your, your favorite shtick, your, your mode you like to settle into? Tyler, Mr. Combos, Mr. Combos, you know, <laughs> Mr. Wombo Combo. Let me. What's weird is like that's that's where I like started, mm-hmm. but now it's like it it just varies. I I think early mm-hmm. on I was because of that competitive aspect mm-hmm. I talked about earlier. Like I wanted to win, yeah, because there's like this validation of like I'm competent as a player mm-hmm. if I win, but if yep. I don't, I become incompetent. But like mm-hmm. really. Now I just I like I like I like to play optimally but also let everyone play. Yeah. Cuz sometimes sometimes you'll have games where it becomes a non-game where someone just instantly mm-hmm. has the most favorable position. Yeah. I definitely seen your decks the deck builds change over the last however long we have been playing what, 3 years three, probably. 4 years, yeah. Yeah. Definitely seen that change where Beginning, yeah, it was. But you were doing a lot of research on those combos back in the early days, and they worked really well. <laughs> well and, that, 100%. And, that's, and that's the thing. You can study the game hard enough mm-hmm. and just be good at it. Yeah. You know? And I think that was a lot of it where I think some of us definitely got frustrated of like, man, Tyler is winning so much. <laughs> but Tyler is also putting in more work than most right. of us were. Right, Which is great. But that's like your interest was learning the ins and the outs. For a lot of, for me at least, it wasn't. I think that I think the huge turning point was uh, was Marisol. When mm-hmm. I built that Marisol deck, mm-hmm. it only took me four or five games to realize like no one's having fun against this. Deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those who yeah. don't know, Marisol the Pretender is uh, one in Grixis, so black, blue, and red. For a two-four human artificer wizard, wizard, yes. And when she enters the battlefield, she exiles a card from her hand. It's an artifact or a creature from your hand or graveyard, graveyard uh, mm-hmm. and you put a cage counter on it. And she gains that activated ability on the card, and she can only use it once per turn. Right. So uh, you would you would stack a ton of exiling effects and a ton of random cards that are like 20 cents and it <laughs> says like tap remove target creature put a plus mm-hmm. one plus one but the creature that it's on like has like an upkeep or a pain effect to like balance out that powerful effect but marisol ignores all of it right and yeah. then the wild my favorite thing to do with it is tree of perdition <laughs> then hate flare hate flare yep yeah, so you would you would literally tap, exchange life totals with her toughness, which was four, and then you'd pay <laughs> one and two red, and then untap her to deal four damage yep. to them. So it'd just be a one shot. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think we all kind of saw it was a bit of an epiphany of like, whoa, like because I built it, it was in budget for sure. Yeah, it like at that point we. That was actually the first time we bumped the budget to like mm-hmm. seventy five something. Yeah, it was like right below a hundred, mm-hmm. and she came out about eighty, right or so. Right. Yeah. So you quickly, it, the gameplay pattern was quickly making this this Marisol your commander, who you always have to play this uninteractable un like in, untouchable engine where you can eventually just find the pieces you need yeah. to win. I will say on a positive note of that deck, because it was very 
try hardy, I guess is a good way to say it. Sure. But it was a great, great built deck. It did force like me and Dustin and some of the other guys to be like, how are we going to deal with this? Yeah. (laughs) Like we got, we got to, we got to realize that like we're playing against a different meta now. So we have to build our decks differently. It became a good challenge to us, I think, of like, we can't just always put all these cards we like into a deck and hope it works. It just, it's never going to be as functional as like, okay, we have to actually figure out how does this deck want to work and how can we deal with other decks while we're doing it. I think it's at that point, like, I think, uh, like, yeah, I've only been playing for three years, but like at that point, I, I learned so much just from soaking up so much knowledge. Like, mm-hmm. usually when I get into something as similar to when I played League, like, I just I took a lot of time to like invest in the game and learn it. Mm-hmm. That I had enough, I had a lot of head knowledge about it, but I didn't really uh, put a emotional knowledge of what possibilities. And I think at the time, like, I knew the deck was cool. I really liked the ability. I was like, this is a really cool idea to have all these different abilities and like have answers to everything, but you don't realize how unfun certain things can be. It's mm-hmm. like when you see an Urza deck and someone tries to say it's mid, <laughs> they just need to stop talking <laughs> and learn <laughs> learn basic emotions and understand like <laughs> emotional intelligence because clearly if you're playing Urza it doesn't matter how suboptimal you get yeah. if you're playing artifacts that commander is nuts yeah yeah any amount of five mana is just insane in that deck um, that's a good point but I, I like what you said um, about it was kind of like an eye opening aspect of like oh we shifted or like we mm-hmm. we had a change that was noticeable um, but it was still healthy. Like mm-hmm. there was sure there was like the initial like oh man we're just gonna lose to Marisol every time it's at the table, and that wasn't the case. That wasn't no. the realistic case. It yeah. was just like this deck is you know winning, but it's, it's winning in a cool way that's hard to deal with mm-hmm. until somebody just somebody's popping off. You know like it happens mm-hmm, yeah. like a deck pops yep. off and. Um, but sure. I also I mean I I took it apart pretty quickly, and I think it's because it's that. It's like the Kalia deck where it's like, do you guys have something to kill it with? And it's just, when, <laughs> when you have a deck like that, you kind of realize like, that's not how I want to be perceived. Because there was a time that like, oh, Tyler's doing Tyler things. And you're yeah. just like, what does that even mean? I'm just playing my decks. And then yeah. you can get like in your feelings about it. Like there yeah. was one night where I got real in my feelings. I I was getting picked at a lot. Mm-hmm. And it that was just like, man, y'all need to get off my back. <laughs> I didn't even do anything. Yeah. I wasn't even winning a game or anything. It just mm-hmm. it was just one of those nights. Well, where, yeah, and, and the whole social aspect is something you know, you can't ignore when it comes to commander. Yeah. Um but it's good because you get feedback of like, mm-hmm. hey, this is what we like, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's good that you were like aware of it because I've seen a lot of guys that are not aware of that at all and just build their He-Man deck to mm-hmm. just stomp your face in and then get, like they don't ever understand why am I getting focused out the gate every time. Yeah. Well, it's because you're not letting anybody have fun. <laughs> right. But like it's, it's good that like there was a point where, hey, this is a community of guys that's playing or at that point probably... We had some girls playing too. We had like yeah. Anna and some of those uh, people playing too. But like, hey, we're having a good time. We're going to try to 
Yeah. We're just cool. We're, we're trying but. to cultivate the game to be, you know, welcoming mm-hmm. and opening. Um, but to uh, kind of kind of move to the next point of that, um, I think I think what keeps me coming back is that social aspect of mm-hmm. like, like I said before, the the expression factor. Just getting to see it from other people. Like I had a deck the other day. I was playing my um, Queen Marchesa deck. And a mm. bunch of cards in there, no one had seen. Um, several of the players at the table were like, "Every time I played a card, I was like, what? What does that do?" Uh, and one guy was just like, uh, he he almost just went into spectator mode because <laughs> every card I was playing mm-hmm. was without my without my knowing beforehand because he was a newer guy. Mm-hmm. Without my knowing beforehand, it was just silver bullet after silver bullet to his deck. So he was mm-hmm. like, "Dude, I can't." He was like you're just going to crush me. Like he was like, I had no idea. And so he almost went into spectator mode and I got that dopamine hit. I was like, Oh, this feels so great. Like the whole social feedback of like, this guy's never seen this card and then he's Mm -hmm. loving it. And he's just like, dude, keep going. You know, like that's, that's just so great. That keeps me going back. Yeah. That guy's a sick man. If he's enjoying Queen Marchesa. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, You definitely do have that player side where you're like, that's your place. I was like, I want to show new things. I want to bring up things that you haven't thought about. Yeah, which is what helped me grow in my deck building because I'm definitely the the guy that's like, I want to build a big wall of people and swing it at you <laughs> real hard. Yeah, yeah, turn it sideways. And uh, so most of my decks are built like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, Chan, Chan's like combat man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how do I win this game without combat? Because <laughs> there's so many times yeah. I have like 40 creatures and everyone's like, why aren't you swinging? And it's like, I don't need to. Yeah, bud. Like, but and that's that's such a cool you know little mm-hmm. health there is like, oh, I have to plan to not die to Chandler, mm-hmm. but. I, have I also have to plan to <laughs> react to Tyler. <laughs> like yeah. that whole social aspect just builds upon yeah. itself. Um, yeah, for sure. It's great. It keeps it keeps me coming back, keeps that dopamine hit going. Mm-hmm. Um so going forward, we already just touched on a little bit. What do you guys feel is your play style kind of streamlined, you know, particular aspects you like to include in decks, particular ways you like to play, just any kind of aspects uh that kind of outfit your player profile in your play style? Mm. I can define mine <laughs> with two words. <laughs> Kinda. Card right. draw. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but honestly, I think if, if I had to pick a card that would define like what I enjoy in Commander, it would be Trading Post. It's a card okay. that can be used in multiple aspects. It draws me cards. It gives me tokens. It it provides me an outlet to get more value. Kind of like, you're like a like a value player. Yeah, so like you like to get value out of things. So I even like, like your Marchesa deck was like I'm getting value out of the graveyard or whatever else. Yeah, or, yeah. My modular or, creatures die. Yeah. They transfer plus one plus one counters. Uh, mm-hmm. Other target artifact creatures and they come back with yeah. that modular. So I'm not losing anything. I'm only gaining. Yeah. Something's always got a value somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's in there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. You like, you like seeing the, the, I play this card. I spend this mana. I get this result. I get this resource to further the game. Like I can do what I want with it from there. Like I feel like that's kind of your play style is yeah. like, 
you get to see that tangible resource and then manipulate that. Mm-hmm. But I'll even give credit mm-hmm. to Chandler that your uh, Sahili deck was actually the reason I made my Brea deck that was like artifact value mm-hmm. that turned into Marchesa. Yeah. So that deck would never come to be mm-hmm. if I never saw like, wow, this guy's putting out uh, a 10 mana, 12-12 trample artifact <laughs> with yeah. plus one. Yeah, it's an interesting deck. The Planeswalker. That, that deck was not really my play style either, though. That's a Healy deck. Because before that, I think I had the Kelly Money deck, the Kalimini deck. Yeah, yeah Kelly Money. <laughs> Kelly Money, um, which was just like, you got to ramp up to get these like big, fat, like nine, ten. Huge beaters. Huge beaters, and, which is fun, but it was all late game stuff, and I would always get killed before it. And so then I was like, well, then I'll try Estrid. And that was like Voltron-y version of that, which mm-hmm. I still like because it's still swinging people. And then I was like, well... I like this, but I want to branch out. So I tried the Sahili build and I liked it a lot. I think Spence, you helped me with a lot of that build. Yeah, and that was fun. We put that deck together. That introduced me to like, okay, this is combo-y, but without being like a straight up like red-blue combo deck. Right. Which, yeah, like you said, I, your Brea deck was nasty. <laughs> right. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. And so I that opened me to that play style, which I really like that Sahili deck. That's still not necessarily my... Playstyle, I enjoy that deck a lot, but I'm still, even now, looking at my other decks, I'm definitely more of a combat-centered. And so it's turned into more of like, instead of like the Kalimni deck and the Estra deck being like a, I want to make these big boys and they're going to swing at you and you'd be scared, <laughs> um, it's turned into more of like combat trick type stuff or like uh, my Morphon deck is more of like a, I'm going to get stuff out. Real big, real wide, yeah. Free, so um. yeah. And I think again, that's just like that's that's a great defining factor for a meta. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like every healthy meta needs somebody who's just going to beat you to zero life. Like, yeah, that's that's a great part of the game. Although I will say, my more fun dragon deck is a lot of fun to play. I, to play <laughs> I it do yet. like swinging. I want to play it. I like attacking, but I got to be in the mood. I just there's <laughs> got to be in the mood. Yeah, there's got to be like a little bit of toxicity in my like uh, system to be like I just yeah. want to beat the crap out of you. Yeah, because right. like there's something about there's it's funny because to you combo wins are more offensive and to mm-hmm. me like getting swung at for fifty. I'm like <laughs> I'm exactly. like why Tyler, yeah. Tyler gets alpha striked and, and yeah. I'm I'm not even the threat. Right. You know, <laughs> and then I go man. Tyler, uh, why'd you just like combo off and kill me in one shot? Like Spencer's over here doing zaddy things. And then it's because to you, what I'm doing is way more offensive. And to me, that's why I'm going to focus Tyler. Yeah. So that's what made that like dynamic yeah, really because, good. And it's always, and you're like, why did you combo off? I'm like, dude, it's because you only swung 41. And you're supposed to <laughs> left me on one light, bud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one more than I needed. Just swung that last thopter. Yeah. Um, I, feel like, I feel like my play style... It's it's hard to pinpoint, but it's I th- mill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I've said for a long time I've always a Grixis player at heart. I just love I love like the I don't know. I don't want to sound so like evil dark, but like <laughs> being able to dismantle stuff. Like mm-hmm. 
the the game allows for so much play space of like uh, not not just that I'm going to remove your thing, but I'm going to make it hard for you to do the thing you want to do. Mm. I think that's a healthy aspect that like people sort of forget about or just pin pin stacks in a negative connotation on it. Yeah, and I don't appreciate that <laughs> because I feel like there is a great healthy expression in. Mm-hmm. Like that dismantling, I can throw a stick in your engine or in mm-hmm. your spoke of your wheel, and then suddenly you're like, "Oh yeah. no, my glass bike is broken." Yeah, it's like a control type of a play style, but not because I've definitely played with some people who are just like, "Hey, I'm gonna remove your stuff just because I want to be that guy." Yeah, I like I just want you to hate me. Yeah, and, and it's not like that. It's more like, okay, how can I like manipulate what you're doing to help me? Or yeah, what you're doing to help me. It's yeah, it's more of like a manipulation kind of control, which is it's cool, but it's also sneaky. That's why we forget about sometimes where we're just like, okay, Chandler's got the big threat because he's got these big guys swinging, or like Tyler's got a big threat because he's got two of his combo pieces, or he's got thirty cards in his hand, right? But meanwhile, <laughs> we're not thinking about <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're not thinking about Spencer over here. Like he understands it all, and yet he's like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna. He's got the right card at the right moment, kind of thing. Yeah, and and just making the the optimal play at the mm-hmm. time, not even just reactionary, but yeah. like if I can efficient. Yeah, if I can if I can deck build well enough with kind of like the future sight of a game, how it might look in my eyes and where my deck is. Mm-hmm. If I can just draw the card that I know I need at that time, that's like my play style. Is like I. I, I think of like the the old wizard, the arch wizard, who's like, if I'm well prepared enough, then nothing can stop me. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's my play style, and uh, I think that shows in a lot of my decks. Mm-hmm. I think another card that describes my play style is Skull Clamp. And that's probably because I own like <laughs> ten copies of it. Well, and it says draw, so yeah, that because yeah. I just I really do like tokens. I've I've always admired like mm-hmm. token decks, and that's another one that. Yeah, it's like like Spencer was saying that that's that like tangible resource, right? Where you're like, man, yeah. I've done this thing, now I have something for it. Yeah, not just a do it to do it, but like a do mm. it to. Now I've got a one up. Yeah, it's like the sharding sphinx. Mm-hmm. Whenever that pops off, I'm like, man, <laughs> that is that, that was so a much fun, fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, to keep to sort of expand a little more too, I I kind of think my play style is less political than other people would like because I do tend to stay apolitical. Um, I've, I've probably made less deals in Commander than I've made in real life. <laughs> um, yeah. That's not a good metaphor, but I, I think, I think po- now I recognize politics is good for the game because it helps in-game balance. And it helps mm-hmm. people like, all right, this guy's definitely arch enemy. We got to take him down. Mm-hmm. But I think if you, again, going back to the whole like deck building, if you're future sighted enough in your deck building, then it lends itself to a healthier play because like everybody at the table is is doing that mm-hmm. instead of just like, I slammed all these greedy enchantments and, you know, all the best staples into my deck yep. and then just turned it into a net deck, so to say. But yeah, I think when I, 
when I first started playing and I was playing a lot more of those turn sideways decks, it would always frustrate me because I didn't understand that. Mm. Where I was like, well, man, this is what I need to do. And like, I would try to be like, hey, like, let's gang up on this one person, right. play politics. But I didn't understand at the time that like they're trying to do the same thing yeah. to me. Yeah. Like, we're, like, we're all playing this political game, but a lot of it's unspoken, mm-hmm. which would be frustrating to me because I'm like, why isn't everybody ganging up on Tyler? <laughs> Dude, yeah. But they're like, the well, times, Chandler, you're like the scary like, one. Point your cards another way. Yeah. The yeah. amount of times Chan got hit with Aether Rise <laughs> is ungodly, man. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'd be like, man, why, why'd y'all do that? And they'd be like, Chandler, you had 40 you don't understand. <laughs> Everybody's ganging up on you, yeah, because you can swing and kill everybody right yeah. now. It like, was oh. funny because okay. it's just like, I have four blue mana open, and he just sits there and he's like, <laughs> I'm going to try it. Right. <laughs> he swings them up. I'm going to check his hand. <laughs> Especially with Kalemni. It's like you just keep swinging your commander until you kill me. Yeah. If I have no answer to it. And then just wait until yeah. Aetherize is gone. Yep. Yeah. But I like that element of politics now where I understand more of like, okay, what are other people thinking? Because it's not just me trying to be political with other people. Like they're trying to be, they're trying to get their win con too. Right. Right. And I can't I can't tell you how many times I've been in the middle of a game and somebody brings something up like, Hey, do you have something to do with this? And I, I can't tell you how many times I've said, I'm still your opponent. Like <laughs> I I think that's probably frustrating for a lot of people <laughs> because they're like, Hey, like, I know you're my opponent, but like, can you help us not lose? And I, it yeah. sounds it sounds sweaty, of course, but in the back of my head, I'm going, "Why would I give you information?" You know, mm-hmm. but I don't. Side tangent. That's that's yeah. just me. Yeah, you're yeah. a little you you're a little too sweaty. <laughs> I'm a little for I'm, the rest of commander. I'm the commander yeah. gargoyle. It's not, it's not like they're like, "Hey, dude, can I win this one?" Dude, sure, why not? And they're like, "Hey, dude, can you help us not win?" I'm not giving you anything. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I'm the Commander Gargoyle. That's fair. Yeah, dude. Just sitting there. You're just a vulture. Yeah. S- sitting, waiting for everyone and just picking their Perfect. corpse. That's yeah. it. They they politics each other to death and then I just sweep in. Sweep in. And, yeah. 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 Um, You're the Mizzix of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, re- regrettably. Um, no, so, um, yeah, we... we um, God, we got tons of stories, but... Um, so let's talk about a little bit. We we touched a whole lot on the meta um, that we kind of had cultivated together, mm-hmm. um, and since then we've branched off. We haven't been playing enough lately um, because of COVID, just because of like mm-hmm. busy lives. Like a lot of us are getting married. It's it's uh, you know life change stuff. Yep. But uh, let's talk about our metas a little bit where we're at. Um, I'll start with um, the. EDH Unchained uh, Discord server I'm a part of. Um, I've been part of it probably, it was a couple months before we actually started playing together. I joined it, um, which was just that funny coincidence too of how we got started. Um, So I've been there for four years. Um, It's been good. I play a lot of mid. Um, People come and go since it's online. And um, I've definitely had, you know, hiatuses. I haven't played, but... The meta there is really diverse um, because everybody's coming from their own play pods and their own perspectives. Um, It's definitely 
has its, you know, Johnny's and Timmy's, but I think it's a healthy place. Um, I would definitely recommend EDH Unchained if you're looking for an online play space. Just a great server, a lot of good people. You can find a game almost any time of the day. Um, that's kind of where my metal meta has settled into. I've um, kind of built my decks in that meta with that in mind since we've kind of split off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think we tend to float around the healthy, you know, six to seven deck uh, power level, as they say. Um, yeah, I, pl- I played a good bit on EDH yeah, you were part Unchained. Of uh, didn't have another name before that. I think it changed once, but I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was when COVID started. Yep. Yeah, because that's that's when we kind of filtered off. Right. And then I think I I stopped playing for a couple months. Just uh, I think I was just having more fun playing video games in my Discord mm-hmm. and all that. So, but I think I grew the most probably in that group. Yeah, you were, you were doing tons of building during that time. Building and just like, it was very, I I was very, I don't know why, but for some reason, like it was really easy to get salty. <laughs> but like, I just kind of, I felt like I mellowed out more. Like I just kind of mm-hmm. like, whatever it is, what it is. Sometimes you would have a random deck that would just clearly wasn't a mid deck show up. Yeah. I'm not going to name it. <laughs> well, it also wasn't legal, but of course, yeah. But like, you just kind of you just get over it, and you're just like, all right. And then I, I mean, kind of through the whole course, like we just kind of realized that like communication is super important. Like when Chan brought up, like, man, your Marisol deck is really strong right. and also really hard to deal with and not that fun to play against. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could have easily gone. Well, screw you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I built this deck and I love this deck and I'm going to keep mm-hmm. playing it. That doesn't that doesn't service the group well. Like, right. Yeah. A good way is to like sometimes you just build a deck that's way too sweaty for the meta you're playing in and it's mm-hmm. good to know like if you're playing uh a mid deck make sure it's mid and not like high or yeah. like be like this is my mid deck with uh mana crypt and all the fast <laughs> mana, but it's not that good. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's sometimes like, uh, it's, since we've played so many games together, you've just, we've just seen a deck just like steamroll mm-hmm. where it's like, there's nothing, you, you feel like there's nothing I could have drawn that would have yeah. changed any of that. He just won and that happens. But mm-hmm. like, like you pointed out, there's that good, that healthy, good social feedback of like, hey, Maybe it was just a rare chance, but I've seen it enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we we want to, you know, check this. You know, yeah, take you, responsibility. Yeah. I guess. When at that time we didn't really like, I haven't done the like Discord server because it was like playing online wasn't really an option because it didn't need to be an option. Mm. Um, but if during that time we were doing that, I don't know that you probably would have torn it apart. You might have just started playing it on there with higher level people, like higher level metas. Maybe, but like, like, how do I say it? The, I feel like playing online has opened up a, a different play style or oh, different for level sure. for you guys. So, like, I haven't been playing it much at all during COVID, since COVID hit. So, I still have my like this. My meta is still kind of where we left off mm-hmm. uh, before COVID. Um, but I imagine 
that you like like you said you've grown a lot Tyler since COVID hit because you've been playing a lot of different play styles have you like have you had to build differently to expect a wider variety of decks or are you still kind of like this is my deck and I deal with what I can definitely the former um, it's influenced my deck building a lot I've probably wow of my six decks that I normally play I've probably changed upwards of like 15 to 20 in each of them mm. um, and we'll yeah, we'll talk huge. about that next that's our next point about kind of each of our decks but mm-hmm. that is yeah that's a good point the the meta I've been kind of settling into of course has just infected my deck building mm-hmm. a lot um, and I'm still trying to I'm still trying to keep the price you know honest and in check of like yeah. you know I'm not I don't have a guy's cradle I don't have all of the like <laughs> you know hundred dollar dual lands and, and yeah. everything um, so yeah I think for me like I kind of I think I'm actually the latter where like I just build decks because mm-hmm. I feel like any of my decks can just play in any meta yeah mm-hmm. like of course like you can you can have like interchanging cards where uh, and I think a lot of it's because like my decks don't really have a ton of interaction. They usually mm-hmm. just try to do their own thing. But self-contained, doing yeah. your, getting your value out, and then most of my interaction is to stop people from stopping what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's so you don't really have to like adjust for anything to happen. You're already like defending against most things. Yeah, and I like, and I think the way I try to build my decks is where. Like if you were to bring out one of your cheaper decks, it could mm-hmm. still compete with whatever I'm playing mm-hmm. with. Yeah, there was a yeah. while uh, I tried to I proxied some stuff to really just try different stuff because I like I said I'm I'm a huge deck builder and I just like to try new things and I kind of went a little crazy because I found a way to legitimize it and not make it like super cheatsy where I'm just writing on pieces of paper where people can. <laughs> clearly tell mm-hmm. what I'm playing yeah, so yeah. the game experience isn't ruined uh, but then I mellowed that out because I'm just like you don't need crazy cards to like play and honestly mm-hmm. it feels just less genuine when you're playing with cards that aren't attainable from mm-hmm. other people yeah yeah. but yeah I think the way I like my whole philosophy around commanders like I, I don't unless I'm playing CDH I'm going to build a mid deck that mm-hmm. can play at any level mm. well and for me kind of um i think an important part for me is is playing in mid lends itself to um many different archetypes than you could see in like high or mm-hmm. ceh for instance like it forces you to like when you when you start getting too high you get you can't be as creative right because there's there's a path to victory and mm-hmm. it's usually just I'm playing a combo and I'm tutoring like, for you're, it you're starting like, to get where like I have to play this because I have to play this not because yeah. I want to exactly yeah. it's yeah. it's the arms race of like oh I got to have you know that mm-hmm. card or I, I can't I think that mid just has that sweet spot of like mm-hmm. I can play some obscure cards I can play some maybe less efficient cards but mm-hmm. in the deck and in the strategy I have built it's just it's this work. cool great you know expression there mm-hmm. I love that yeah and I think I mean we'll we'll get into it in future episodes where we talk about individual decks where like 
we'll go into the bread and butter where like the bread is like the life force. It's like what makes the deck stand and sustain. And then the butter would be like, what's the flavor that you add on top of it? And I feel like in mid, that's where you would be able to add that more flavor. Cause if you're playing CDH, you have an optimal deck. They have tier lists and all this stuff. High on EDH Unchained, I mean, I don't know if it's changed much, but when I played high, it was literally just CDH light. Yeah. Because they'd be like, oh, this is a CDH deck without Mana Crypt, and it's right. a high deck now, and that's not that's not <laughs> how we determine power. It's You still you still combat off on turn three. That doesn't make, yeah, maybe not two because you didn't have your Mana Crypt, but that doesn't make the deck any less powerful. Yeah, in a perfect magic vacuum, it would just be CDH and non-CDH, but... That's uh, hard to accomplish. <laughs> That's also like I don't know. I high is high is a weird one because it's hard to tell what like a high mid deck like when does that breach to the next level of like high power? Yeah, and I think if, I think in my perspective of, of that, it's mainly just the strategy. It's am I playing the tutor for the combo or am I just yeah. hoping I draw what I need? Like that's. Ultimately, I think kind of very defining for mid. Because I think I think like we can go back to Marisol, where I feel like Marisol is a mid deck, like I, the I way I built so. it. I would say so, but I could build it high. You put mm-hmm. every tutor in there, get the the heavy hitters and all the infinite mana combos and stuff in there. Yep, and that becomes a high deck. Yeah, yeah. and then I've even flirted with the idea of like trying to bring into CDH where you like. You make it fully optimized to where yeah. you can put like demonic consultation and you can put those combos in there with the little flavor of Marisol. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, great. So, um, yeah, last we want to kind of just uh, give you guys a little bit of outline for uh, continuing our player profiles of kind of the decks we have settled into, um, the decks that we regularly play. And um, just kind of give a brief overview until we go on to our later episodes where we'll actually deck tech each other's decks uh, and kind of run through the cards and and talk about it. Um, So I'll start off here with the six decks that I uh, have kind of recently solidified. These are my concrete six. Um, I really like three color. Um, I tend to feel like three color is has enough variety without being uh, without feeling too general because a lot of three color commanders can feel pretty general of just like just good stuff. True like, lane, like yeah. I play a creature, draw a card, play a land. Like that's pretty general. I don't mm-hmm. tend to gravitate towards that. I tend to gravitate towards some of the more niche combos, like you said, like mm-hmm. I, I tend to try to be a little more like sidewindy of like, you mm-hmm. played that card, but why? Uh, like, yeah. um, and I think uh, when we go through the episodes, you'll, you'll kind of see that a little more. My first and oldest deck is Lazav Demir Mastermind, uh, two blue, two black for a three, three shapeshifter. Uh, he has hexproof, and whenever a creature goes into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, he can become a copy of it and retains that ability and the name Lazav. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a mill deck. Uh, it's my oldest deck. It was the second deck I built, uh, and it's still together. Um, and it's basically just a clone people stuff, uh, leverage advantage, or just mill everybody out. And mm-hmm. it's 
it's fun. Um, that's a good one. Uh, next is my Queen Marchesa, uh, Death and Taxes. It's Mardu. Uh, she is one, a black, a red, and a white for a 3-3 three, three human noble, I believe. Uh, she has Death, Touch, and Haste, and when she enters the battlefield, you become the monarch, and if you, uh, on the beginning of your upkeep, if you are not the monarch, and you were before, you get a 1-1 one, one black and red human assassin with haste. That deck is probably the most uh, what's nerve-wracking deck to play because every time I bring it to the table and people see all of their permanents destroyed and sometimes all mm-hmm. of their lands destroyed, they're not always happy. Nope. <laughs> but nope. that is a deck that I think... Scoop. That is a deck... <laughs> I built that deck with how can I punish greed? Yeah. That was the whole philosophy of the deck is mm-hmm. I'm going to find all the cards in black, white, and red that say, if your opponents are getting greedy, destroy them for it. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I, that deck yeah. is, it's crazy, but it's hey, fun. Hey, Spence, mm-hmm. sorry. I played a land. <laughs> My bad, dude. Yeah. <laughs> obliterate wins games, guys. Um, the next deck. Um, ruins friendships, but. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, the next deck is my Sidisi uh, Brood Tyrant, which you had uh, mentioned earlier. It's Soltai. Um, one, a black, blue, and a green for a 3-3 um, three, three Naga. Um, she enters the battlefield. You mill three cards, and whenever a creature is put into your graveyard from your library, or one or more creatures are put into your graveyard from your library, excuse me, you make a 2-2 two, two black zombie. That is a combo deck for the most part. Um, it tends to just kind of mill over a ton of turns, hit my creatures into my graveyard, turn those creatures into zombies, and then find some co- sort of cool reanimator combo. Um, that deck is definitely my favorite deck I've ever built. Uh, and we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll splurge on it later, but, um, that we can make that the next episode since it, we both have it. Okay, cool. We'll yeah. That it. one's exciting. Yeah. Um, my other two decks, which are the newest ones are, um, Tana and Bruce Tarl. It's a Naya deck. Um, Tana is a two, two trampler for four. When she hits a player, you make, uh, one, one saplings equal to the damage dealt. And Bruce Tarl is a two black and a red for a three, three. It's red and white. Red and white. Thank you mm-hmm. for a human. Uh, when he enters the battlefield or attacks, target creature you control gets double strike and lifeling until the end of turn. So it's my pseudo, pseudo Voltron. It has a lot of different gameplay, um, but that one is my most aggressive deck for yeah, sure. That one's spicy. That one's very Chandler. <laughs> um, yeah. I have a Yannick and Nakara um, Abzan deck that's... Um, kind of a it's mostly just a value combo deck flicker yeah it's a flicker reanimate a little bit Mm -hmm. um it's my most timmy i would call it my most timmy deck for sure Uh, because it tends to do nothing until it wins the game and then um, it's cool though yeah it's a fun deck um i've been playing with that one a lot lately and my last deck is my oh goodness mind blank which one's your one that has the card that Tyler likes, the flicker card? 
the white black. Is that Lazav? No, that's that's no. his Yannick. That's Yannick. Is it Yannick? Okay. He switched that from. Oh, did he switch it up? Uh, from uh, that ghost. Uh huh. Obsidat. 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 That's what I was. Obsidat. Obsidat. Oh man. I gotta go to my I like that deck a lot. I totally was just on a roll and then I forgot. It's all good. <laughs> I guess that's it. Yeah, I didn't think you had six. I thought you had five. I guess I do. Yeah, because you have your four and then Lazav. Like the four that you've made recently yep. and then Lazav. Yep. Okay. So, okay. so, so yeah, that the, mystery out. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so um, those are my five decks. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm excited to get to those in the uh, deck text episode. Oh, yeah. Those are going to be good. Yeah. I like your, your decks are much more uh, efficient than mine are. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know. You're more fun deck. More fun has been pretty zaddy lately. Laid, man. <laughs> yeah. But well, Spencer also did help me with a good bit with more fun. Yeah. So you want me to go through mine? Yeah, go ahead. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight. Really? Yeah, I've got a lot. Wow. Yeah, that's that whole like, I have a, a problem when I get a hobby that I spend a lot of money. <laughs> but a lot of mine are pre cons that I have. Off. <laughs> a lot of mine are pre-cons that we uh, <clears throat> changed after playing it once and then decided <laughs> we want to funnel it down but that's it really the pre-cons is what helped me get into playing is that I was like well for 25 to 40 bucks I can get a deck that lets me play the game and then go from there Yeah. and so I ended up becoming a pattern of like oh I like these commanders that they came out with so I'll get it and then tweak it to be something that I want to play it to be. So I got Kalimni was my first deck. Um, I got that probably late 2017 yeah, after it came out. That was one of the first decks you made. Um, I think we could go more in-depth with them yeah. so you can just list them off. Yeah, I got Kalimni, which is just like big giants, angels. Get them out there for a little bit cheaper. Punch your opponents yep. in the face. A.K.A. Kelly Money. Kelly, Kelly Money. Money. Swing big. Um, let's see. Then after that, I think I got Estrid, which is just like turned into more enchantment or a Voltron. Yeah. Slap a bunch of auras on one person and get them to be like a 80, 80 yeah. something crazy and swing it. Um, and you get like evasion. Um, then I got Sahili, which is just like rampy artifacts into big swingers. Yeah. Well, it, it has it has a couple of other options. In yeah, it. it's got a couple other one cons. They're just kind of hard to get. Yeah. Um, but it is basically like getting board big, uh, doublet with Sahili, and then swing out. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the pattern of swinging big. That's what <laughs> I like to do. Um, and then I got Geared. Well, Geared, and then I got a Nico Bolas. The is it the Ravager? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That one. Those two I were kind of building at the same time. That one was really just an excuse for me to buy all the Nico Bolas cards I could possibly afford. Yeah, Nico um, Bolas. Yeah, it, it is the least, <laughs> it is the worst deck that I have, <laughs> and the most expensive deck that I have. It's it's clunky, but it's so it's scary. Because it is scary. It's like throw a big scary dude out there, but the problem is I I haven't refined it enough so that like I can defend anything. Yeah. So I'll throw like. Two planeswalkers out there, super friends, and then I got nothing to defend it. Yeah. And so it's a little clunky, but it's fun. That was really my only reason to build it was to 
excuse to buy cool, some cool plane walkers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Gearhead, I think I'm still in the process of changing that one to be more of the, like a Marisi deck, mm. more goad stuff. Um, then my last two are Marchesa, which is just like a combo fight tricks deck. They don't die. Yeah. Then swing big. Because my people don't die. That's the that's the Grixis merchant. That's the Grixis, yeah. Um, and then morph on humans, which is just combo to cast everything for free, and then hope I have a card draw. <laughs> Get the card draw with the free casting, and then it's just yeah. again go wide, swing big. Yeah. So there's your theme. Yeah. A lot of mine I started out was like. I didn't like the three color stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I like just two color, but um, once I got it, that Marchesa deck, that Grisis deck, and the Nicobolas deck, kind of opened me up a little bit. My options, and then Morphon being all of it was is just really fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, excited to delve into those decks again. Yeah. Those are awesome. That's gonna be fun. Is it my turn? Yeah. yeah. All right. I have Last way, but not least. <laughs> I have way too many decks to talk about, but I'll I'll just go into so my most expensive deck is definitely Kelsey and the Plague. Mm. Uh that, that's the deck I just kinda was like, all right. I got like a huge sum of money from the school and I was like, all right, let's just ball out. Let's splurge. I bought all the swords and then I just built kind of a pseudo politic removal. Voltron deck and it's it's good. I don't know if I'm gonna keep it forever. If anyone's looking for one, I'll sell it to you. That deck is really fun, even when it's even it's, when you can't play a creature because Kelsey and will assassinate it immediately. Yeah, it's it's Bublaka. Yeah, instant tried by, <laughs> uh, especially with Thornbite staff. But yeah, my my most fun deck that isn't Sadisi is definitely Marchesa. The same Marchesa uh, with the artifacts. I just, I've always loved artifacts. It's like one of my favorite themes uh, mm-hmm. by far. And yeah. it's, just, it's just a unique way of playing artifacts. And it's got a lot of cool, it's finally what I actually feel like is my play style, where it's like I'm accumulating value, there's combos, but they're not just infinite. And they're just, there's a lot of ways to just, Get a ton of value. Yeah, the deck still plays on the table a lot. Like, yeah. you're not just drawing until you win for sure. Yeah, it's it's always about the board state and what pieces I can find to just get value. It's never like, where's that piece? There's a few things where it's like, this is a huge win con, but for the most part, it's 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 probably my that's favorite your, deck I've ever made. That's your most you deck for sure. Yeah, and then I have Sadiusi as well. It's kind of it's inspired by Spencer's with a few tweaks that are probably more updated uh, that I just thought would fit me more. And then uh, got a few. I mean, I love Kaneo Centiro. It's probably my favorite commander. I feel like, like you've built that board. that commander like four different times. <laughs> yeah. So I have a Kaneo, I have two yeah. Kaneo Centiro decks. I had one that was a group hug and took it apart. Mm-hmm. And then now I have a landfall. Version because the new Omnath, I just mm. felt like that was easy mode, so yeah. I swapped them. He's in it, but decided to go with them since they kind of do landfall a little bit. And then I have a polymorph deck with them, yeah, 
which is kind of cool. And I'm I'm yeah, brewing up some down. stuff. I have so many more decks, and I just the other one I would probably note is Varina. That's probably the coolest tribal deck I've ever made. That's my favorite deck you've ever built because I wanted it was debating between pers- that or Sadisi. between that and Sadisi, and uh, I remember we had talked about it several times. And I was like, you should do it. You should do it. I think this deck's going to be cool. So that's my favorite deck. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about that one. Yeah, I love that deck. Uh, the issue is if I win with the deck, I usually switch because I know I'm just going to get alpha out of the game very <laughs> yeah. quickly. That's yeah. that's what always happens. If I Especially if I win too quickly, I'm not going to win another game that night because everyone's like, all right, it's time to kill Tyler. Well, and not, and not, not a knock on the commander, but it tends to be a very similar play pattern of just I'm looting all my cards until I find the rooftop storm or, or something that I can just, you know, turn everything into gas all of a sudden. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. The deck's a lot of fun. It's definitely, it's unique for Esper mm-hmm. and that's, I think that's what really turned it for me. Cause I don't know. I kind of leaned towards Sultai a lot early on. Yeah. But that's, I mean, my first deck was Moldorotha. I remember that. And I still have one, but Moldrotha plays like Moldrotha and yeah. you just kinda <laughs> It's not that Moldrotha deck though. No, it's it is it that is, Moldrotha. It is. I totally re <laughs> I recreated the one that I got off Commander's Quarters mm-hmm. but made it like really good. Cause you, like you had a persistent is it the persistent petitioners one that's still together? I have a oh yeah I have a persistent petitioner deck that uh, I switch between uh, Mimeoplasm, Moldrotha, and Damia. Yeah. yeah, that one that one just plays the same. Yeah, it, it's a it's kind of hit or miss because it's like sometimes you can get. I've had a couple of cool plays where I was able to bring back like thirty petitioners and <laughs> and mill people for like two hundred cards, but yeah, yeah. Other than that, it's kind of. It did, it just didn't have enough interaction, so it was either I was doing nothing or doing something, or almost doing something, and it just I like I like to have some consistency. Yeah. For playing mid, I want to have like a level of consistency that feels good. Where if I pick up that deck, I know what's gonna do. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked your uh, mo- your first iteration of the Modrotha deck because I, mean, I liked it. But I didn't like to play against it. I don't think you liked it. You hated Spore <laughs> I, Frogs. I, I, that's what I'm saying. There's two cards. There's Spore Frogs and then the other one, I can't think of the name of it, but it was like a big win con where you basically brought back your graveyard or something like that. Praetor's Council? Praetor's Council. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. No, Praetor's Council is on a different deck. I think you had it in Mold. You had it in Moldrotha at one point, I think. I only have permanence in Moldrotha. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was only permanent. I like, to, I like to like find little themes. So like with Moldrotha, it just doesn't make sense to have instants or sorceries in the deck. So yeah. I, I avoid it. Yeah. That's like what, and I do that with certain decks. Like with my Marchesa deck, there's like three creatures that aren't artifacts. Yep. Like, because the entire idea is putting modular counters and you have to target an artifact. So, but there were like a couple of creatures. that's like, I can't not have this in a Marchesa deck. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, um, I think that kind of wraps up our first outline here for the episode one. So thanks for tuning in. If you uh, listen to the whole show, we appreciate it. Uh, again, if you have any feedback for us and want to just give us a thumbs up and say you liked hearing it, uh, we would love to hear from you and let you, you know, keep tuning in 
for whatever we have to talk about when it comes to Commander. So we are bread and butter. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.